Welcome to Girlish Gurus. I'm Joy. And I'm Susan. And we're here to have discussions about topics on many subjects that we hope are informative, uplifting, and fun. So let's get started. Let's. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Girlish Gurus. And today we have a very special guest, my very own sister, Mickey, who's been on before. And Susan's not going to be with us today. She's on assignment, (laughs) taking care of some other things. And I felt like this would be an excellent opportunity to discuss something that Susan and I have actually talked about a fair amount over the course of episodes we've discussed in the past. But it's something that you and I also have a pretty close connection on, and that is aging parents and some of the special issues that you have to deal with when you have a parent who challenges trying to manage challenges. Thank you. (laughs) And that's why you're here. (laughs) So specifically, we've had a lot of stuff going on with our dad. He just turned, he's in his mid eighties. (laughs) (laughs) And he is now at that age where he is dealing with a lot of health issues. He is just memory getting is failing. His memory's failing. A little he's bit. Yep. getting older and he's just having a lot of difficulty when he's outside of his comfort zone managing himself. So I thought we would take this opportunity to talk about this issue because women who are 45 and older, that's something I have talked about a lot with my friends who are in that age group that we are all finding ourselves in a situation where we're having to manage older parents and parents who are aging. And it's difficult for a lot of reasons. You find yourself, especially for you, who is the middle of a sandwich. So you've got young children still. They're not young children. I thought you were going to say because I'm aging too. <laughs> no, well, we'll talk about that later. But no, you have, right. you have kids who are young adults. Right, and, and so they have challenges. Right, and you're still managing them. Right. But then there's you and then there's dad. And so you're stuck in the middle where mm-hmm. there's a lot going on there. So I think the best way to kind of start this is to talk a little bit about our most recent issue with dad and sort of tell that story, not only as a cautionary tale, but also as a little bit of background in discussing what's going on here. So. Right. And some ideas about what you might face when you're when you have you're, you're faced with the aging Same parents situation. as well, yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. there's things that I think people don't think about, and sometimes you have to be creative with your ideas about how to manage them, right? Um, because they don't they don't want to lose control or autonomy, right? Right, and mm-hmm. so you just have to be creative. And this was a huge learning curve for me. There have been a couple situations in the past where. I've had to step in and manage things a little bit, but not in the same way. This was much uh, more there's extreme. There's been some significant ones, though. But well, he was younger, but not not that much. But still challenging and still unique. Right. But this is has been next level, really. Right. Yeah, so this was this was a this was yes next level mm-hmm. difficult. Yep. All right. So. You were the one who got the first set of phone calls. So you want to start yeah. it off? Yeah. So um, it, 
was actually like a Saturday morning, I think. Mm -hmm. And I get a phone call from dad's minister who, when I answer, he's like, Miss Mickey, you need to call the sheriff. Call the sheriff right now. And I'm like, why do I need to call the sheriff? And he said, your dad, he's hooked up with this woman and she's bad news. And I've been trying to talk him out of it for the last, you know, 20, 30 minutes. He's like, and I got to go. But she is abusing him. And I'm like, okay. So because of the nature of, of what I have to deal with when I live at home, I always have to try to remain calm <laughs> because others can't. And so I was like, okay, when you say he's being abused, what does that mean? I said, is she physically abusing him? And he's like, no, no, but you know, she's got a record and she's manipulating him and he's talking silly stuff like he's going to marry her. And I'm like, okay, well, can you give me a little more? And he's, he just told me that she was younger and, you know, he was just in a hurry and he wanted to get out of there. Right. So I didn't get the entire story or details until after I called the sheriff. Because I was like, okay, dad, we know dad. He kind of has a habit of collecting people. Mm -hmm. And he likes to lead people to Jesus. Dad is a very devout Christian. And he likes to lead people to Jesus. And when he sees an opportunity, uh, he... He takes it. And so the the woman, we found out later, she definitely saw an opportunity and she took it. And it was just like a, it was like the perfect storm. So I have my own theories about why dad is such a poor decision maker. But anyhow, well. <laughs> um, no, there's actually, there's a good solid, you know, theory there. So um, I think we both have probably the same theory. Oh, Likely. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I have experience with autism. Both my kids, their challenges are is that they're high-functioning autism, and dad fits that profile pretty closely. closely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if he was evaluated, he would come out Well, as and there autistic. is the issue. He's never actually been evaluated or diagnosed no. and will not consent to that. No. Without and, question. Right. And, you know, nobody back knew then, back then. Nobody knew. But this adds another level to the story. Right. Because... Right. This is an issue that we have to deal with without actually dealing right. with it. Right. Yeah, because over the years I've gently tried to approach this because, you know, most people that I talk to that are autistic, they're happy that they know. And it helps them better navigate society because it's a, it's, it's a social disorder, right? And um, lots of anxiety, mm -hmm. um, but it helps them navigate better. So they like knowing, so that they understand that they're different. There's not, they're not broken, they're different. Mm -hmm. So every now and then dad will actually ask me questions about the boys and he'll say, is that why they do this? And it's like, yes. And he's like, I always wondered. So anyhow, Dad, these challenges and then the fact that he collects people and tries tries to lead them to Jesus, that's his socializing. Right. <laughs> if we want to mm -hmm. put it that way. So that's his socializing. And the church is very important. And I've always... That's his community. That's his community. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, I'm always worried if, if there's something going on that might cause him to switch churches. So 
the sheriff goes out on a on a well check. So he, they ended up going out a second time the next day because dad didn't show up at church. Dad never not shows up to church. Right? Right. So unless there's something, something wrong. Something really wrong. Right. He doesn't feel well mm-hmm. or something else is wrong. Right. So generally, if he doesn't feel well, he, he doesn't go to church. And that really scared me. Right. Because the first call from the minister did not really scare me too badly. I was just like, oh, here we go again. Mm-hmm. Hopefully it's not going to turn into what happened four years yeah. earlier. Mm-hmm. But let's just try to not have it happen that way. But the next day, he's like, he didn't show up to church. I'm going to go looking for him. So the short story is on that Saturday. Oh, no. The reason it happened on Saturday, forgive Friday me night. for trying to yeah. get my schedule or my timeline in, in order. That's all right. So Friday night. So right. So this person was a relative of someone he knew. Okay, let's stop right here for a second. First of all, you're being very polite. It's important to explain about her character so people understand what's going on here. I think maybe, by the way, we've talk, been talking about it already, you'll start getting the idea. But this is a person who's 43. Mm-hmm. Just got out of, I don't know, was it 14 months in prison? Uh, at least 14 months. Yes. I thought it was 18, but it doesn't Might have been really, longer. That, it doesn't matter. Right. Well, she had a criminal history mm-hmm. that included property crimes, included right. prostitution, which this is prostitution that is in service of a drug habit. Right. Basically. Right. And so we don't judge. Right. And we are sensitive to people who have issues with addiction. Right. But this is a person who for 20 years has been and, not, and, has been engaging in criminal activity right. in order to serve a drug habit. Right. Right. Basically. Right. Yeah. So we are sensitive. It's it's like when I talk to the boys, if they when they were younger, if they were being bullied by somebody who was also autistic, it's like, okay, we're sensitive to that. We're going to we're going to be kind to them, but you are my children and, you know, we're going to handle this. We can't say, oh, they're autistic too. So we're going to be nice to the bully, right? Because that's not going to be healthy for you, right? So we have to recognize w- what the boundary is. Right. And that's what you're talking about here is we're sensitive to people who are addicted and to addiction. It's a very hard thing and we as a society do not support our people that have addictions we don't have good programs right and and, you know they just fall between the cracks but we're talking about an addict who is preying on our father right you know an elderly man even if he wasn't our father he's an elderly man right exactly and so we've got to resolve the situation right after i talked to the minister he had said that this person had taken him up to a seedy hotel, not far from you, actually. Right. And I was like, that's very ironic. They took his car and went up to the seedy hotel, and he checked them in with his credit card. Right. And so what has happened here leading up to that Friday night, Right. dad is moving her in to his Right. Home. Because Saturday after the minister's call, the next call that I received, like within probably 30 minutes. No, no. It was two hours later. It was. I pick up the phone and I knew it was dad. And he says, did you call the law? 
And he's just like getting very emotional. Right. Later, I found out even more. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is because it was on under the idea that his car needed fixing. And so I know a mechanic. Right. So that's why they came up here. She talked him into getting a hotel room, dad. Mm -hmm. And then the mechanic came around and picked up the car. And they spent the night in the hotel. But the, the mechanic came by, picked up the car. What was really going on, she told dad later that um, he was going to take the car and part it out. You okay, know? Well, well, wait a second, wait a second. Wait a second. Let's back up a little bit. Mm -hmm. All right. So they were in the CD hotel room. Right. Oh, dad, yes. Dad falls okay. asleep. Right. She hires an Uber, goes the next town over. Right. Gets another hotel room. Yep. And I think he, she used his credit card definitely yeah. for the hotel room, we know. We, we do know that, yes. Right. And um, I think the Uber might have been on it, too. Mm, I don't know about the Uber, but I know you, about you the hotel know, okay. room for sure. Okay. So while there, she conducted her business, whatever mm -hmm. it was. And then she finds her way back to the hotel room where Dad's at. Right. And yes. then. Right. Oh. Dad wakes up. No, she doesn't actually go back to the hotel room. She goes, she goes to the mechanic's trailer. Okay. And dad wakes up in the morning. And, and she's not there. And she's not there. And so he's supposed to be Saturday morning. He's supposed to be at the church for they're supposed to do visitation mm -hmm. or some something. And they've got a missionary minister that has come in that they're all going to go around doing visitation. <laughs> And he's not shown up. He she was up starting in that hotel room and he was by himself. And he was by himself. And so he did have his cell phone at that time. And so the minister called him and said, hey, where are you at? And he's like, well, I don't know. And I'm like, he didn't know where he was. And he's like, no, he seemed disoriented. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, boy, did she slip him a Mickey? I mean, you know, and yeah, well, that's the long really and short funny, of it is she. He's telling the minister, I'm here in this hotel room. Right. And he didn't. He's like, well, what But hotel? my car is gone. Right. And right. so is she. And so is she. So, right. well, I don't know that the minister had the story till he got up there. So. The minister, the minister gets up there. The minister. And gets dad. Well, it was the minister, the song leader. And the missionary. Really? Yes. The minister had said later, I was like, oh, well, this is not a good scene, <laughs> you know, that we're having, that, that we're supposed to be doing this function and instead we're having mm -hmm. to deal with this thing. So the minister, the song leader, and the missionary <laughs> go into a bar. <laughs> no. <laughs> We're gonna have to. I'm gonna have to cut a lot of this down. I know, but I'm gonna have to put the extended clips, on, the extended version somewhere because it's so funny. <laughs> so, so, but it does. It sounds like your joke, right? So they get up there, and sure enough, his car's gone. At some point, he's like, "What hotel are you in?" And he's like, "Well, I don't know." He's like, "Go outside, and there will be a sign." Mm -hmm. So the minister said, "Where's your car?" And he, he said, I, I don't know where the car is. And he said, give me your phone. So he starts going through his dad's phone and he starts calling the numbers that are on the phone because she has that. because she has started to commandeer the phone to do her business. This is when I started pulling phone records. Mm -hmm. Right. So he starts going down the list and calling and people are like, nope, don't know, don't know anything about that. And I'm like, I can't believe you think that people would tell you, but. 
clearly somebody did because one of the numbers they're like, oh yeah, that, that ain't me. That ain't me. But you might want to go look over at this other guy. This other guy on the other side of the road down a bit. And he's like, what's his name? And he's like, it's so-and-so. And he's like, okay. So the minister, <laughs> the song leader, and the missionary, and now dad, dad are all in. The badger. The, are all in the minister's car. Mm -hmm. And off they go to this other place. And they pull up. And the minister starts to recognize the place because he's driven the church bus in there to pick people up for church and he's like as we pull in there's brother Dwight's car and out comes this man and then she follows him out and then there's a young man about 21 years old who he recognizes okay. because he had picked him up on the church bus all right so he knows the the third person coming out of the right okay so the minister gets in dad's car and says get in Dwight well she gets in too and all the way down to dad's house, he's ministering and lecturing. He's like, listen, no judgment, but hey, this is wrong and la, 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 and mm -hmm. you really need some help. And there are several missions that can help you and so on and so forth. And she was getting more irate saying she wasn't having it. She didn't have a problem. And dad was like, I'm going to marry her. I'm going to marry her. And I'm going to lead her to Jesus. And she's going to come to church with me. And then, then, then. So what he had told me is like, she's trying to manipulate him into letting her move into his place. And he's going to marry her. That was the first mm -hmm. call. Right. And so she clearly was preying upon him. Well, so that's where I come in. I get the call from you. And then a very short time thereafter, mm -hmm. I get a call from dad himself. Who says to me, Joy, it's your dad. I just want to call you and let you know, I'm getting married. <laughs> and I said, what has caused you to make this decision? Well, you know, I just, it was almost like Sling Blade. I like the way she talks and she likes the way I talk. <laughs> Did he say that? Something similar. Oh, yeah. she, she, she and I, we spent some time together. I said, how long have you known this person? He said, oh, maybe a month. Mm -hmm. And she and I have spent some time together, and uh, we she likes me, and I like her, and I think we're going to get married. She's agreed to marry me. Yes. Yeah. And I said, well, Dad, do you think that's the best choice? Do you think that's the best decision? Mm -hmm. And at that point, the person in question said to Dad, Dwight, you need to hang up the phone because we need to call around and find some business where I can rent a trailer to get my things to bring them to your house. Oh, you heard her say that. Yes. Yeah. And so he said, Joy, I got to I gotta go. I'll, I'll talk to you later. And so at that point, I knew, okay, nothing good is going on here. Mm -hmm. And then between you and I, we started calling the police. Right. And so ultimately, by this time, he'd spent the night with the irate person. Right. And... She had gone in and cracked open a beer and started smoking cigarettes. Right. And dad wasn't going to have that. Right. That hit up against his line. Right. And so he didn't show up for church. Minister comes and gets him. And dad starts telling him, I think I've made a mistake. Right. And so at that point, dad says, okay, you guys can go have law enforcement get her out. Right. Right. So then we all get on the phone with law enforcement. Right. And law enforcement heads over there and tells her, 
you need to 86 the premises. Right. And she proceeds to try to take all the power tools. Right, right. <laughs> her way it, out the door. Yeah, and they allowed her to take stuff that was presumably hers. They said we weren't we weren't going to let her rob him on the way out the door. But at one point, she picked up a jigsaw, <laughs> and and the police officer was like, "Seriously, you, know, you brought that with you? You brought that with you, did you?" And she's like, "Fine." And she puts it down. But she took what we thought was dad's television that we had bought him. And turns um, out, no, it was actually out, her no, television. It was actually her television. Can you imagine? Because they dropped her. So they called us and said, we, we dropped her at the county line. Right. By this time, mm-hmm. the minister has possession of dad. Right. And, and, and we are conspiring to get him a plane ticket right. to send him to see our third sister. Right. In Indiana. Right. Because we know know this from other family situations Mm -hmm. that when there's this kind of situation going on, those people will come back around and come back around and come back around. Mm -hmm. So you have to get those people out of town for an extended period of Mm -hmm. time. Yes. Unfortunately for our sister. <laughs> right. Which we apologize for that still. Yeah. She really stepped up. She to the really plate. stepped up. Yes. Yeah. For sure. And she took him on for three weeks. Can you imagine? No. I know you took it on, took him it on for a week two and a half. weeks. Oh, it was a week and a half? Yes. Okay. So twice as long, right? And here. Just, just. Yeah. Just. Yes. Yeah. Just, and so, so huge, that was We huge. owe her huge. Well, and our niece, especially. Yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, our youngest niece, mm-hmm. uh, our sister's youngest daughter, who he was actually quite cruel to, but, mm-hmm. but, but to our sister as well. But you and I worked it. So the minister arrives at his house because I, I told him, I said, will you help us get him out of town? Mm-hmm. You know, um, it was just a bad situation. It was a bad situation. And we were all trying to manage a bad situation. Yeah. That's so, and it was like, I don't care. Just get him out of there. And whatever he doesn't have, we'll figure it out. On that the he other needs, end. Yeah. we'll figure it out on the other end. Mm-hmm. Right. In this whole process, what all of us do not understand, well, I knew about this, but I didn't think about it. He had in December. At the last minute at open enrollment, he had signed up for an Advantage Medicare plan, which Advantage Medicare plan, for all of you people who have elderly family members, parents, don't let them do that if they can afford it because you cannot leave your state. Right. You cannot – You, I don't know how far extends if, how, if it's out of the county. You can't leave the county, but he must be able to leave the county because his doctor is in a separate county. So – What's so, this – the long and short of it is this oh, means he doesn't have insurance when he gets to Indiana. When he gets to Indiana. You're right. Which we find out much later, but um, after it's too late and he's been to the doctor. Mm-hmm. So he's there for three weeks. We fly him up, right? And our sister picks him up at the airport. And so meanwhile, I'm packing my bag to come down here to be your moral support, right? Turned out to be a whole lot more than that. Oh. (laughs) I am so glad that I came down because the law had said, A, she's going to come back around. Mm -hmm. You need to do something with him. And... It's like it's it's already in the works. Right. And then so get in the car, come down here. And I arrive because the sheriff also said you need to change the locks on the doors. Right. Well, so a little so, bit of a backstory here. Oh, it was. I have been 
doing my best to manage dad. I take him to doctor's appointments, things like that. But the mobile home that he lives in now, he bought himself against my advice and against my counsel. And I was in that mobile home one time, and he hasn't been living in it for very long. Well, and this is another note to listeners, which is if your elderly parent meets you at the door. Mm-hmm. I won't or, let you come inside. Or, or won't let you come. He actually you know, would meet me at the bottom of the stairs. Right. And I wouldn't even get anywhere near the door. Right. Right. So you, you know, he would just, he would come out, he'd be ready to go. Mm-hmm. And we were always, I don't know about you, but we were always under the impression he was just like happy to be going out for a, for dinner and, and a cash drop. <laughs> so pretty much. And so we just, we never thought about it. And it turns out, so when your elderly parent will not let you near their house, you need... Something's going on. You need to suddenly have to go to the bathroom in a really big mm-hmm. way so that you can go in and get a look-see because something's wrong. Mm-hmm. Something is horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. And so, go ahead. Yeah, it was six yeah, years yeah, yeah. he's been living in that place. Yeah, yeah. And I had Seems been like in longer. it. I had been in it. I was in it when he moved into it. And I was in it, I think, one other time. Right. But only I was in it once, I think, right after he moved in. I was only in it up to like right inside the front door. Yeah. So I was never. No, I had a better look. No, I didn't. Yes. No. Yeah. So of course I don't think anything of it. I mean, at the time when he was moving in, it seemed kind of disheveled, but it didn't. It didn't look. Well, it was very dad. Right, it was very dead. I mean, That's he how he his, lived, he, yes. He uses his home as a storage, uh, an additional storage trailer. Basically, yes. Yeah, yes. tools and books and, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, but a lot of tools because he was always worried about them being stolen. Right. So. So. And that was before he built his shed. <laughs> That's a whole other story. Which houses the riding, the tractor and the boat. Well. That's, I wouldn't call that a boat, but okay. He calls it. So here we are. Dad's in Indiana. Yeah. And it's time to go change the locks on the doors. Mm-hmm. And that is when the other shoe really dropped. Oh. I mean, it, it, it did. It, it was bad. When we say you really need to check on your elderly, mm-hmm. you really, really do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a little... So it was bad. I think part of it was due to the fact that the interloper <laughs> had moved in and they had just been to Walmart and gotten some groceries yes. that were left on the floor in the right, kitchen. Right. And then she was invited to leave the property and right. dad was on his way to Indiana. Right. And so that was part of it. Right. But and I also she was camped out on the sofa right in the living room right with her detritus about her yeah right so the difficulty is though is that he was um what we found primarily had happened all before um she came in so she added to it but um it was you know it was just i don't even know how to describe it, it yeah i mean it was hoarding and well, extreme that's, filth, in that's, my opinion. That's how it was because we arrive at the house and the locksmith, remember right. the, the young kid. And so I go inside and you start looking around the property on the outside mm-hmm. and I go on the inside. And I knew immediately. 
And I step inside the door and I'm like, okay, okay, just try not to get sick. And I thought that I had seen the worst. Um, I hadn't. I started down the hall towards bedrooms, but I was terrified that she was in there because the door was closed mm-hmm. and I, the locks had not been changed. And so I was like, what if she's in there? And this is not my, I mm-hmm. am not trained in this and I am not going to go down there and have some crazy woman, you know, coming after me with God knows what, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like a power saw. <laughs> Because maybe she came back in the middle of the night and was squatting. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I knocked on the door, but, you know, I didn't go in. I, it was going to take me some time to get up the nerve. Mm-hmm. And so I walked back down the hallway through the living room, back through the living room, and into the kitchen. And I'm like, I think I will keep going <laughs> and to, to the other end of the trailer and inspect that first and just try to get my – you know, what is it? Um, what do they say when you're trying to build up, you know, the courage to look at something mm-hmm. gross? So um, I was trying to build up my courage. So I go down there and I'm like, you know, by the time I get down there, my camera is running and I'm taking pictures and I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, the very thing that we're trying to protect him from, you know, and this is the thing still today. He thinks that we are trying to put him in a home. Right. What he doesn't realize is we don't want him in a home. No, of course not. And I, you know, my brain is like, my my brain is like, you know what? We're going to work it out. We're going to figure it out. Just right now, just take pictures and give yourself some space. So I, I'm like talking to you. I'm talking to myself and I'm trying to pick up trash. And I'm like, you know, but before I said, what are you doing? Just get get out of this place and um, and just Give yourself time and regroup and we'll talk to Joy and we'll talk to everybody and see what we should do. You know, I was already formulating a, a plan, but I reach down and I pick up a Walmart bag and I go to look in it. I picked it up and it's right in front of me over my beautiful tennis shoes. And I look in and it's two containers of chicken livers that never made it to the refrigerator and it wouldn't have mattered because things in the refrigerator looked like the chicken livers. <laughs> um, warm and gross. And I'm like, what's that noise? Where's the water running? And then I realize it's not. The livers, because they were warm, in the heat, they had started to expand and push the juice out from underneath well, the lid. Well, they pushed off the lid, yeah. It pushed off the lid. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that there was a hole in the bag. And so chicken liver blood was pouring down onto my shoes. And that's when I was like, yep, going to throw up. Got to get out of here. And so I remember coming to the door and saying to you, Joy, what do you – because you were – a former ADA, and I said, what do you call the people that come to crime scenes to clean up crimes? And you said, oh, they're called... Um, they're called bioremediation Bioremediation. Specialists. And when I asked you that question, your face, I'm sure, looked like mine. It drained of color and also all the emotions just kind of poured in. And I said, we're looking at doing that. So you're like, come on, it's getting, we're going to have to go home and make dinner. And I said, it doesn't matter because I'm sick. I don't feel good. And so um, 
You were like, well, luckily the trash bags have a good smell. And I said, well, we've got to do something with the trash. And you're, and you're like, you, we're going to take it to the dump. And I'm like, in my car, which is really good at hauling stuff, but I never in a million years. So what we did is we took the rest of the garbage bags and we lined mm-hmm. the back and we lined all up and down and we double bagged the garbage. And the whole time we're trying not to be sick. So we put the all the garbage that we could get um, that you picked up outside and that I got from the inside and we put them in the back of the van and then we rolled down the windows. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was cold. It was cold. That's what it was. Well, January. Yeah. yeah. And we rolled down the windows and we had a very co- cold ride home because you're like, I don't even want to try to find the dump here and see if it's open. No, we drove straight to, it's straight like, to but, my county. Yeah. Yeah. I know my Landfill. county. Yeah. yeah. Right. So we did that. Let's just go. <laughs> So you get out of the car. I'm I'm driving this time because you drove down, and then on the way back I, I drove and I pu- we pull up and you get out of the car and go, you know, and you start grabbing. You're like, just stay put, and you start. I think you felt sorry for me. Um, you start grabbing the trash bags with these gloves on your hands and running them over, and 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 the dump is filled with people. And you're back and forth between the car with these gloves on. And it's like, oh, what is she doing? So Gotta um, be done. Yeah. You do so, what you have to do. Well, we ended up, so we got together with our spouses. And our spouses were very supportive. Mm-hmm. I went back home. And my spouse, Kurt, took a week off work. What I ended up arranging for was a bioremediation. You arranged, Biohazard cleanup, yep. Remember the purple count truck? Um, mm-hmm. Count Juncula. Count Juncula. So mm-hmm. we've got some great companies that assisted us. The bioremediation co- company, they're very sensitive. They handled it, you know, because it's hard. And there's a lot of, you know, emotion and everything else. And, you know, I can't believe it, but they raided his property or his trailer, the inside, as like a level two hoarder. And, you know, you you never have a clue that there's actually ratings and Mm -hmm. whatever. And so we hired them, hired Count Juncula, and then I hired again another just house cleaning service and ended up hiring another one so we come down here on a sunday and monday morning kurt and i go down um i think you were already there yeah i've already been there <clears throat> in that interim week clean- with the bio right pre- preparing you and ron went down mm-hmm. and took a box of screws and Screw down all the boards yeah, on the deck. Yeah. Right. So we had all had a conversation. You guys were going down to, you know, try to work on the deck to get that safe. You know, there were all these things that we were going to do, but you met with the bioremediation people in case they needed something. But, um, you know, so they went in and over two days they cleaned it out. They, I mean, the, 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 the bin was you know. just. Well, and I, you know, so before Count Juncula came, you and I took our turns when we were there um, throwing things in. I'm like, oh, yep, it's going in, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know. And so, you know, $15,000 later. Yeah. It was an enormously expensive endeavor. It was. It was, was, you know, I. I, Well, we could talk about the financial aspect of dad. Another time. Another time. (laughs) But it was, it was so, so it is, it is better to have to need to go to the bathroom at your parents' house 
um, because they can't say no. And, um, and because otherwise, you know, you might not have the money to right. do that. So, so it, it was, it was, it was a very hard, hard. Oh, it was extremely and, and I mean, hard. You know, it was extremely hard. Our husbands put a lot of work into it and we put a lot of work into it and, you know, and you can't do this. That's the other thing is she can't do this alone. That's right. You know, you, you need can't. your siblings or you need your family, you know, uh, and friends to be there to help. Right. Because you know. it was emotionally a very difficult time. Yeah. All right. So here's where we're at. Okay. We have addressed the situation right. with the interloper. Right. While we're addressing that, we come in and realize there's a much bigger situation underlying. I would not call it bigger. I would say it was. It was well, okay. Equally it was, bad. It was. It, it yes. was equally bad. Yeah. yeah. So a big bad situation it was that had bad, been yes. brewing for a while that I was not aware of, mm-hmm. and both of us now in this moment are looking at each other like, uh, "Okay, we've got to deal with do? this." Okay, Dad's in Indiana, so I do think this is an excellent stopping point, point. Right. and we'll go into part two for the next okay. podcast episode. Okay, but. Just as a cautionary tale, I think you're right. If you have a parent who is acting cagey about you coming into their property or if you see that there's questionable people hanging around, yeah, look after your elderly parents. Look after your elderly folks because they could likely be in trouble. Right. And whatever you can do to help them out, that's good karma. It just is. Yep. So. Right. All right, let's wind this up, and we will leave all of our listeners hanging for the next episode where we talk about some of the creative solutions and some of the things that we did to put Dad in as safe a possible situation as we could Mm -hmm. and try to move forward from there. So thanks for listening, and we will catch you in the next one. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on another episode of Girlish Gurus. We hope you'll join us next time for another fun and interesting topic. And please be sure to check the notes for information and links that were included in this discussion today. Also, don't forget you can find us on our social media platforms, starting with Instagram, Facebook, and now including YouTube. You can find us by searching Girlish Gurus. And please remember to give this episode a good review and share it with your girlfriends because the more interaction we get with our podcast episodes, the more episodes we can post. Finally, you can find us on our website, girlishgurus.com. Thanks again. See you next time. Bye.